time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Glad you're with us for another podcast. This is the Retirement Roadmap. Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, founder and president, registered financial consultant at Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can schedule a time to visit and find out more great information about Glenn online at RoadmapFinancial.com. That's RoadmapFinancial.com. Glenn, we are going to take the five-question retirement preparedness quiz on today's show. This should be a lot of fun. Are you ready to go? Let's do it, Walter. <laughs> we're going to try and grade our retirement preparedness throughout today's show. So we're going to give you five key questions to ask yourself, and your answers will help determine just how ready you are for retirement. So we'll kind of play along here and uh, ask Glenn not only you know what the answers to these questions might sound like, but you know why these are important to ask in the first place. All right, so first question, Glenn, uh, kind of an obvious one, I guess. Do you know how much you have? What, what, what does your savings look like? How much money do you have? People are usually pretty good at you know, getting at least close to answering that question accurately, right? Well, typically, Walter, but, but you'd be surprised. I mean, I run into situations where folks have, you know, they've had multiple jobs and multiple different accounts or multiple advisors over their time, and they have, they have an account here and an account there, and they tend to be, you know, a lot, a lot of times I'll see situations where it's spread out all over the place, and you start talking to folks about it, and then, you know, they say, well, I've got this, and I've got this, and they kind of think about specific accounts. And then you know you you know you, you start doing a more in depth analysis and you and you and you find that well there's hey what about this statement and what about this account and and suddenly it's just, oh yeah I forgot about that one and and so then you're it's like well when you you might have multiple accounts that are relatively small in nature each one but when you add them all together sometimes they you know I mean things add up it's not uncommon to to talk to folks that, you know, that, that either had, you know, a little bit more than they thought they had, or occasionally they might be a little bit less than they thought they had. But, you know, be that as it may, it's, it's something that you really want to be, you know, kind of take stock of and know what, you know, where, where you stand and not only how much ha do you have, but also how much, you know, do, are you going to need? And I, you know, and, and what comes into that is, is terms of, well, how much, income is the amount that you have saved going to produce for you when you reach retirement and also are you you know what is your efficiency in terms of taxes because you know you might be able you know depending upon how you have things positioned you might be able to save literally thousands of dollars a year you know, in terms of taxation if you position your assets right so it's you know you we have to think in terms of how much you have saved how much income can that produce and whether or not it's efficient or not, because in terms of if you have to pay extra taxes that you wouldn't have otherwise had to pay, then it's kind of like taking a pay cut, so to speak, because you have a bigger expense there than what you might have needed. So we need to think in terms of all of those things when we when we ask the question of how much do you really have? You with me? Yeah, it's a great point about people forgetting sometimes maybe an old account that they had hanging out at a previous employer, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm thinking about my, uh, my wife's situation where she at a previous employer, well, it's actually still current employer, but kind of in a new position. Uh, but essentially under, you know, when she was a nurse, had reached the five-year mark of being vested for the pension. But then, like in year six, I guess, um, you know, restructuring new position, moved on, now no longer is contributing and part of the pension program, um, now with a 403B and employer contribution and that kind of thing. So, it, but it's kind of interesting because I won't really think about that pension part very much, 
but theoretically that'll be there when she retires, you know, 30 years from now. So, right. but I could see over the span of our life in 30 years, we've kind of forgotten about that account. And so, yeah, it's good to gather all those things together again. Um, I can see how sometimes you might overlook or forget things from, you know, back at the beginning of your career or just if you've changed a lot of jobs and didn't keep track of those things. Um, yeah, it's a good time to gather all those things together, certainly, so you have a full picture of everything. Uh, oh, yeah, Walter. I, I, to your point, I, I've had, um, you know, a number of clients that, you know, that either give me a call or when they come in for, you know, their next meeting or whatnot, they'll, they'll say, hey, you know, I, I got this letter <laughs> from, you know, from a previous employer, and apparently I had some money there, and I didn't realize I had it. You know, I've, I've had seen situations where, you know, they might have, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, almost a thousand dollars a month, you know, in terms of a, you know, a pension that, you know, that, that they didn't realize that they had. And, and, and it was like, you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, really, you didn't know. It's like, well, no, it was, it was kind of, you know, they, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, they, they stopped the pension and then they started up the 401k and they were there for a number of years and they forgot about it. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because it, it's, it's sometimes things just pop up. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Or, or just flat out, they didn't know about it. And they just got a letter, you know, seemingly out of the blue that it's just saying, hey, you have this, you know, you need to contact us by a certain date and, you know, and let us know what you want to do, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's huge. So it sounds like you've certainly seen this from experience many times uh, before where people lose track of those kinds of things. Now, we talk about the full picture, Glenn. And you can't get a full picture unless we know the other side of the equation. So it's one thing to make sure you gather up everything that's coming in. It's a little bit harder and a little bit uh, more rare that people have all the ducks in the row of figuring out how much is going out the door, how much is being spent. But that's just as important of a piece of the equation to figure out. Well, that's exactly right, Walter. I mean, you can talk about, you know, cash flow and income and all of those kinds of things, all, you know, all you want. And, and they're certainly important. But the context of that is also looking at, you know, how much is going out, right? You know, what are your expenses and that kind of thing. And, and something, you know, certainly when we, when we start you know, looking at, you know, more details, you know, I'll give folks, you know, a, you know, just kind of a kind of a, an analysis piece that they can take home with them and they can kind of go through and say, you know, well, where are we spending, how much money are we spending on this item and this thing and this, that, and the other. And so a lot of times they'll come back and, you know, and, and most of the time I, I look at that as, as, as a real exercise for folks to really get focused on, you know, where their money is going. But, you know, they'll come back and then say, okay, well, you know, here's, you know, here's what it is. And, you know, and, and I'll look at it and, and, um, you know, we'll say, okay, well, you're spending X number of dollars per month, right? And they say, yep, that's, I mean, we've, we've looked through all our stuff and that's what it is. And I say, well, okay, that's interesting. So, so tell me, you know, how much, you know, let's, let's, let's look at it from a different perspective. It's like, how much is your net pay? How much is being deposited into your checking accounts every, every month? And then how much are you putting into savings, you know, after that? And then we start looking at that and it's like, well, this is, you know, this is how much we, you know, this is how much we get paid. And then this is how much, you know, we have either going into savings or maybe we don't have anything going into savings. And a lot of times you'll find that, you know, what they've written down on, you know, on the kind of the memory jogger of saying, okay, well, I spend this on this and this on that. And, you know, and, and these are all my expenses. Oftentimes, you know, a real more realistic picture is, is to say, okay, you don't even look at the, the specific details. You just look how much is coming in and how much is left over. And then if the, you know, if there's, you know, whatever's left over, you know, the difference between that is, it's like, well, then you spent what was in between. And if that's happening on a regular basis, then that's, that's your real number versus what you think it might be. 
And so that oftentimes catches people by surprise because they really didn't have any idea. They thought they were spending a lot less, but they really weren't paying as close attention because they're just busy with life and everything that's going on. And then when they dig a little deeper, they go, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about this and I forgot about that. And oftentimes they find things that are in there that they're spending money on that they could easily just, you know, maybe there's an extra service or maybe like in their cable bill or getting all, you know, a few other channels and they can cancel this and they can change their phone and this and that. And suddenly they have, you know, several hundred dollars more than they, than, you know, and, and it just, it was just a matter of paying attention. And, you know, that's one of the things that I always encourage folks to do. Not that we want to get nitpicky on every single penny, but it's interesting when you, when you start to look at it, you actually, you know, more, more often than not, you start finding things that you weren't aware of. And that's always a good thing when you're looking at your overall finances. So we've got that piece of the equation that explores how much you have, and then the one about how much you spend. Now we've got to talk about risk, Glenn. That's question number three on our five question retirement preparedness quiz. Do you know how much risk you have? Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting one, Walter, because, <laughs> you know, it seems like it, it's a pretty consistent thing that more often than not, I see folks having significantly more risk in their portfolio than they think they do. Right. And um, they might say, well, you know, I, you know, I, you know, it's like my my risk tolerance is, you know, is kind of a moderate growth or this or that. And I say, OK, well, they can give me all the different terms and, that they've heard. And, you know, whether it be with their 401k folks or a previous advisor, it's like, OK, well, let's look and see what that really means. And let's look at let's look at your holdings of what's in your account and let's see how the, how those holdings actually performed the last time we had a bear market. Right. And you start to look at that and you say, OK, well, you know, did you realize that these the, the current holdings that you had when we went through 2008, those funds were actually down, you know, 50 percent. You Are you OK with ha having, you know, having a 50 percent risk in your portfolio? And they're going, wow, I didn't realize that. I, you know, no, I'm not. I, you know, I really need to think about that. And it's like, you know, if you particularly if you're, you're within a few years or you're already in retirement. And that happens a lot, Walter, and because it's like there's this there's these generalized terms that it's the well, I have this risk tolerance and my portfolio is is, you know, we consider it to be this or that. It's like, well, let's let's actually look and see what's in there. Right. And let's let's actually see how much risk there really is. And, you know, we, we talked that we've talked before in the, in the past about target date funds. And sometimes folks just think, well, that, you know, this is, you know, I, I should be OK because this is this is my time horizon. And, you know, and then the general knowledge says that this is the kind of portfolio I should have. But oftentimes there's a whole lot more risk in there than they thought. And then once once they're aware, obviously, it's just like, well, you know, what are we going to do to, you know, to shift that a little bit so we know that you've got, you, you know, you've got the appropriate amount of risk based upon where you are in life and based upon when you're going to start needing to draw money from, you know, from your accounts. And sometimes it's a scenario where we have, you know, we have a certain amount of risk on a portion of the portfolio. And then another portion of the portfolio, we have a dif different risk because of our time horizons. So when we start thinking about, you know, when are you going to need the money and when are you going need to need to draw it out? We start thinking about, I know we've talked before in the past of market risk. And we've also talked in terms of, you know, tax rate risk, but we also have to think in terms of time elements and time risk. And what are, what are your time horizons for when you're going to need this amount of money versus how much are you going to need, you know, in 10 years from now? And we start looking at that and we may have to, we, you know, we, we think in terms of maybe positioning money in different, you know, time buckets so that we make sure that, the, that, that there's an appropriate amount of risk 
rather than just kind of having everything in his general fund. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, if something bad happens, you know, with the, with the marketplace and, you know, and the economy you know, turns south or the markets begin to correct or go deeper than a correction, then, you know, then you're, you, no matter what, if we've done that planning and, and we've looked at everything and we've, and we've positioned things properly, then you should be in a position where it shouldn't matter. But more often than not, like I say, when I when I meet with people the first time or two, you know, when, when you know, when they first come in and we're looking at, you know, at their overall picture and we're doing the analysis, we find that they often have far more risk than, than they thought they had. Yeah, and that's huge. And you've got to get that piece of the puzzle right as well. Just as important as that initial part of the equation, how much is coming in versus going out. You've then got to think about that risk equation. Now, the details don't stop there. Question number four to ask yourself on our retirement preparedness quiz. Do you know how much you're paying in fees? And I'll kind of add something to this one, Glenn, and I'm sure you were going to take this direction too. And that's just a little caveat of, and and do you know what value that brings you? So there's the high-level question of just, yeah, what are you paying in fees? But also, what's the value of those fees that you're paying? Well, uh, that's exactly right, Walter. You know, I mean, fees are expensive in the absence of value, right? But if you are, you know, if you're getting something for the fees that you're paying, you know, you have to, you know, evaluate, you know, well, is that is that worthwhile, right? Or are you just paying fees for, you know, just for the privilege of, of, of having your money, you know, sit at a particular institution or with a particular advisor, right? I mean, the question is, is what are you getting for that, right? And so, you know, you want to be aware of what of what it is, right? It should be clearly, you know, you, you, should, you should have a very clear understanding of what that is. Sometimes that's harder to, you know, figure out, particularly like in some 401ks and things like that, because it's, you know, it's not as necessarily as easily found. But if you're working with a, you know, fiduciary, you know, I mean, that's literally it's, you know, it, they disclose that to you. And it's and it's literally on your statements as to what you're paying in, in terms of management fees. But you also kind of think in terms of well, what are you getting for that? You know, are you getting are you getting what kind of management over of, of your overall portfolio? You know, is it is are you getting income planning with that? Are you getting some tax aware planning with that? You know, what all is coming into play with your, you know, with your overall planning and the, and the work that you're doing with your advisor and obviously if you're getting the more you're getting then you would obviously be expecting to pay a little bit more in terms of in terms of fees particularly if you know obviously they're doing a good job for you so you you know you want to be you want to know how much you're paying but you also want to know you know, hey, you know, does it make sense to do that? Because I've I've heard you know the different ones. <laughs> there's there's different ones out there. You know what I call the um, you know the financial entertainers that you can hear on the radio and 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 TV and whatnot. And they'll you know they'll tell you, well, you know, you want to cut your fees and this and that. And and in general, I don't disagree with that. But at the same time, if you're cutting out the value and then you're kind of left out there to kind of fend on your own and you're and you're trying to manage, you know yourself in retirement and you know how are you going to create income and whatnot and you're and you've got your life savings on the line and it's you're 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 in a place where you, you haven't developed skills over over time and you don't really know entirely what you're doing with that well then then maybe it's worthwhile paying something something in fees to have a kind of a financial coach and a, and a financial advisor to to make sure that you know that you have a plan that's going to work and sustain you through you know through your retirement years and be able to do the things that you want to do and be able to leave the kind of legacy that you want to leave that's really you know part of the context of of the of the fee structure that, that you know that you're in that said, if like if you're looking at a 401k, obviously, you know, and, and you're and particularly in the early years, you know, you'd like to have those fees be as little as possible, 
you know, but as you, as you progress on in life, you know, the, and the more money that you have and the closer you are in terms of taking distribution from that, well, you're probably going to need some more professional advice. And so you're more likely to be paying more fees later on in your financial career or, or in your financial planning, you know, and, and because you need a little bit more there in all likelihood. Does that make sense, Walter? It does make sense. Yeah, Glenn, I think that it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to pay something different in fees. Sometimes they're hidden. It's just good to look at that, know what you're paying and what it's getting you. Just like with anything that you would buy in life, you know, you're doing a, we're we're looking at doing a kitchen remodel, Glenn, you know, and so we're gathering different quotes and not all quotes are going to be the same, but kind of what's included in the quote, the design from each company is a little bit different. The quality of maybe cabinets or countertops and those kinds of things is all different. So we can't just look at the price of the different quotes. We have to evaluate exactly what we're getting for each of those things. So you got to take all that into account and not just look at that one number two. But at the very least, at least know that number. That's step one of that equation, that's for sure. All right, four questions down. One more to go, Glenn. Uh, Retirement preparedness quiz. Question number five. Do you know what your retirement income streams are? are going to look like. It's one thing to look at the balances of your current accounts, but how do you turn all that into, you know, getting paid in retirement on a regular basis? It's a little bit harder question to answer than it sounds like it might be. Well, that's exactly right, Walter. You know, I mean, we when we start looking at, you know, how much do you have saved? What are going to be your social security benefits? Are you married, you know, are you single? You know, were you married before and, you know, and married, you know, how long were you married? You might have the possibility of 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 having your 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 social security benefits enhanced by you know by virtue of uh, of a previous marriage do you have a pension you know all all of those things that that play into that you know does does your spouse have you know a pension what does their social security look like you know how old are they you know when can they start drawing this and you know and then how much do you have saved in your different accounts how much do you have saved in a pre-tax account how much do you have in a you know a Roth type account or or a tax favored you know type of account you know there's all of those things play you know play into it because we have to not only figure out well you know what what is your uh, what are going to be your expenses and how much do you need but also you know what are you going to you know how how are we going to get how are we going to get from a you know from point a to point b and you know and it's like a point b is knowing how much you need to have in terms of in terms of monthly cash flow or monthly income we need to know how we're going to get there and we want to be as efficient as we can be we want to we you know when I, when i say efficient we want to try to maximize those benefits you know we have to look at social security you know there's plenty of situations where you know it it makes you know when we look at the whole the whole picture you know let's say we have a married couple and so mr might should take their their benefit at, at one time and mrs should take it at another time you know we have to think in terms of you know if you have other income either pension or monies that are going to be coming from an ira or 401k you know in terms of that when are you going to start you know tapping that and when are you going to when are you going to turn that on for income and if you do what are going to be the ramifications of that? I, I think we've talked a number of times in different and previous podcasts about social security income. And one of the one of the wild cards in retirement planning is your social security benefits are not inherently taxable. And so we say, well, what does that mean, Glenn? What do you mean that they're not inherently taxable? Well, they're not inherently taxable. What I mean by that is, is that you know, they, your social security benefits can become subject to taxation based on how much other income you have. So when we start looking at pensions or distributions that are become that are going to be coming from 401k's or IRA type of accounts or TSP's and those kinds of things, 
when we start looking at that and we say, okay, well, if you have this much income from these other sources, then suddenly that could start to push your social security, you know, in the way that meaning that it's now your social security is going to start getting taxed, you know, and then sometimes up to 85% of your social security benefits might be, you know, might be taxed, you know, under today's tax law. On the other hand, a lot of folks have the ability to, to reposition assets so, so that they can, you know, greatly reduce the amount of, the amount of their Social Security that's being taxed. In fact, there's a lot of situations where we can make it such that their Social Security benefits are not taxed at all, depending upon how we are able to um, reposition assets in such a way that they become more and more efficient. So we, we really need to look at that big picture and know what's going to be there and when are you going to start taking it and what are going to be the ramifications of all of that. And, you know, you might think that it's, hey, life should be getting a little bit simpler and easier in retirement. And to some extent, that's true. However, most people's income picture gets a little bit more complicated because when you're in your working years, for the vast majority of people, their income is coming from their from their wages or their job or from their business income. But then when they go to retire, that money is going to be coming from different places. They might have some investment account and they might have an IRA and then maybe they have a Roth IRA and then they've got a pension and, you know, and then Social Security. And they're not necessarily all going to be taxed the same way. And so when you start looking at multiple streams of retirement income and they're not all treated the same way in the tax code, now it starts to become a little bit more complicated, certainly far more complicated than most people's situation when they're at work where they're simply you look at their tax return and mo almost everything is you know on that on that wages line and there's maybe a little bit of interest here or maybe they've got an investment account that has a few dividends but for the most part you know you we're we're looking at you know wages retirement is a totally different animal and when you start having multiple streams of income and they have they have different tax ramifications and how they interact with one another you really need to know what's going on with that or, and, and work with an advisor that knows what's going on with that because it's it's not uncommon at all for folks to be paying literally thousands of dollars every year in taxes that they don't need to pay. And if they could reposition things and become more tax efficient, that oftentimes means that they, that they don't have to take anywhere near as much risk as they thought they might have to take because they don't need to have as much income being produced because they're not having as much going out. And that's really, really key for most people to be thinking about in the retirement years and the retirement income. And you really need to be asking yourself, you know, is, is, is that the kind of advisor that you have or is that the kind of advisor that you think you need? And should you be having those kind of, you know, those kind of conversations with your advisor if you haven't already? Because that's really, that's really the bottom line is, is how much of your accounts and how much of your benefits are you going to actually be able to use to your benefit and not have go you know, have you know go off to Washington or to the you know to to Raleigh or whatever state that you're in you know to the state capital for state taxes because we really want to lower the, the the taxes and it's tricky to do that unless you're working with an advisor that that you know can help you position things in such a way that you can hold on to more of those dollars you know for the benefit of you great points across the board Glenn and that is our five question retirement preparedness quiz if you do not know the answers to these five questions or if your answers kind of align with some of the little red flags and things like that that Glenn was pointing out throughout the show today or if these questions just lead to more questions, it's probably a good sign that you would be due for a financial review of your situation. And you can get a complimentary free consultation with Glenn by going to RoadmapFinancial.com. There on the website, you'll see a free consultation button that you can click on and schedule a time to meet. You can do it right from your smartphone or computer. You can also call the old-fashioned way, as we call it now. 336-291-3535 is the number. That's 336-291-3535.
don't hesitate if you ever have any questions about something we talk about here on the show to reach out and inquire about those things. Glenn, thanks for the help and uh, presenting this quiz for us on the show today and walking us through some of these questions and answers. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again next week. Fantastic, Walter. Take care now. You do as well. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Roadmap. Roadmap. 